iOS 15 is here, and with that, we enter a new era of digital marketing. Why? Because the data companies that are going to be able to collect on you will be severely limited, which makes it more important than ever to focus on building your own first-party data collection process. What's first-party data, and how do you make sure that you have everything set up correctly? Well, that's what we're going to cover in today's episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I am your host, Blythe Brimleven. In this episode, we're going to break down the marketing sources like Google Analytics, collecting emails, things like that, that you should be prioritizing in a world where the third-party providers are becoming a roadblock instead of a leg up. Let's go ahead and jump in. Play And as I mentioned, iOS 15, let's go ahead and jump into the first topic, because it's the first part of really that circular marketing plan. And that is iOS 15, because one of the features, one of the newest features from Apple is really privacy focused. And they go on to say, mail privacy protection stops senders from learning whether an email has been opened and hides IP addresses. So senders can't learn a user's location or use it to build a profile on them. Now, a little bit of a translation for that is if you're sending any kind of emails out to your audience, that data is going to be severely limited now. You're not going to be able to know the location. You're not going to know whether a user opens up the email or not. That is all going away specifically for iPhone users. Now, you will have to rely on whenever you're sending out your emails, you're going to be focusing on making users take a specific action in the email. So think of your email as having a a certain call to action within the email itself. So you're not going to be tracking the opens and and whether or not your subject line was was great or not. Who knows anymore? What you're going to have to focus on is making the user create or take a certain action within that email. So that's where you're going to have to focus a lot of your time and energy like clicking on a link to a landing page. That's a great example of how you can make your emails, it, it, how you can track the performance of your emails. And if you're sending those timely emails and if they're relevant to your audience. So that's one way you're going to be able to track. Another way you're going to be able to track is you've always been able to measure your subscribes and your unsubscribes. But after you send a campaign, now you're going to have to go back in and you're going to have to check whether that whether it resulted in a, a spike in unsubscribes comparatively to your previous campaigns that you've sent. So that's how you're really going to know if that email is performing well or not by having the user take a specific action or by having the the measurability of, of measuring the unsubscribes and the subscribes within that email campaign itself. So those are really the two metrics that you're only going to be able to use for specifically iPhone users. Now, will this spread over to Android users or even Windows phone users? We're not exactly sure yet, but if Apple usually starts doing something like this, other companies typically follow, that remains to be seen. But that's, those are going to be some of the metrics that you're going to have to be, that you're going to have to watch. Now, the next one on the privacy update is, is their new privacy controls. Now, this coming from Apple, it says their app privacy report offers an overview of how apps use the access that has been granted to location, photos, camera, microphone, and contacts in the last seven days and which other domains are contacted. And so that pretty much means that any apps that rely heavily on users sharing personal information, usually without their knowledge, that data gravy train has ended. But this has already been kind of in the works for a few months. If you already use an iPhone, you've probably seen that warning pop up on your phone asking if you want to be tracked by certain apps. 
If you said yes, you'll be able to track that info in Apple's new privacy report. However, recent numbers from Statista, I probably butchered that, uh, show 83% of users who saw the dialog box opted out of tracking. So that's additional data that's being taken away from people who focus on advertising campaigns in particular. And so all of this means is that it's never been more important to collect that first party data. Now, when I mentioned first party data, there's really three different data types that you should be aware of. So first party data is like Google Analytics, um, data that you collect from your website, your CRM, customer surveys, your own social media channels. That's first party data. Now, second party data is when you buy a targeted email list. Um, or if you attend a trade show or sponsor a trade show and you get access to all of the emails of the, the people that were in attendance, that's second party data. Third party data is social media networks, other apps, um, uh, et cetera. They, they, they use cookies and pixels in order to collect information on you. Even if you're not actively using that software or using that app, that third party data collects this information from you or maybe you're a friend of a friend on Facebook and they, you know, play a certain casino game, you know, before that casino game, if the person gave them that permission level, they would be able to collect data on that specific user and then all of their friends and their contacts within their friend base. That's considered third party data. That's what's being the most impacted by all of these new privacy updates, by all of these privacy changes that are coming into the mainstream play. Now, Apple is the the first to come out with privacy protections that protect users. And then starting in 2022, Google has announced that they're just going to get rid of the cookies in, in the browser, period. So they're going to be getting rid of those as well. And so that third party data is really what's going to be affected the most. Second party data is mostly fine, but it still relies on you, the person making, getting those, that contact information and making that cold outreach. So there's still a little bit of a, who is this person reaching out to me with second party data? And you still have to make sure that that list is, it, whether it's an email list or whether it's a contact list that you got from an event, those are still data points that you have to filter through to make sure that that audience is even right for your product or your service. The first party data is what everyone should be targeting, should be going after. And so that's what you should actually be striving for. And so let's talk about a few different tips in order to manage that first or start collecting that first party data. And that is first and foremost, a Facebook pixel. Now, I just went through a whole bunch of reasons of why Facebook is sort of uh, the anti-privacy company, but their pixel data and their advertising still is very sophisticated. And so if you don't have control over your own Facebook pixel, maybe you don't even know what it is. This is something, it's a little bit of code that you can get from your Facebook business page. If you intend to start advertising anytime in the future, you should have a Facebook pixel installed on your website. That way you can have a better idea of the user demographics of the people that are actually visiting your site. Now, whether that will go away in the future, it probably will, but it also will probably be a couple of years before Facebook decides to do that. We don't necessarily have a good uh, roadmap for, for these kind of things when it comes to Facebook in particular, but install that Facebook pixel 
even if you're not sure you're ever going to run advertisements ever in the future, because having that information of who is visiting your site is really beneficial to start building out your user profiles of, of who, and demographics of who's coming to your site and why. And you can start theorizing and, and managing your campaigns around that. Another way to do this and manage your first party data is start collecting emails directly on your site. So whether you're sending out an email newsletter right now, if you're sending out maybe uh, safety updates to your drivers, uh, communications to shippers, anything like that, make sure you're collecting those emails directly on your site. And bonus points if you add in additional fields that ask how that person heard of you. So not necessarily a drop-down box. You want to keep this as a text field where someone can just enter in some information and tell, tell your marketing department or your sales department of how they actually heard about you. And you'd be surprised how often, very often, that information is inconsistent with what, say, uh, you know, Google Analytics reports will give you or HubSpot marketing reports will give you. A lot of these attribution reports that I've talked about in previous shows, they're flawed in a way where if a user finds out about your company or maybe they see a social media post, then they're going to go to Google and they're going to do a Google search for your company name and find your website that way. If they, that user ends up converting on your site saying they want to maybe uh, book a sales call or book a demo, then that attribution report from these big companies, these big marketing tech companies, that's going to tell them that they got that information from organic search from Google. When in reality, it could be your podcast, it could be a video that you did, it could be from your LinkedIn profile. But this way, if you're collecting emails on your site, then you can give the user that, it, that ability to tell them exactly how they heard of you. And a, nine times out of 10, it will be vastly different than what marketing software or marketing attribution software will tell you. Now, the third tip, and I know I just talked about Google Analytics here, but Google Analytics and social media control and access. I can't tell you how many times that I have worked with clients that did not have access to their own Google Analytics account. And when they couldn't get access to their own account, they couldn't make changes to it. Uh, they, they couldn't add extra people to, to the, the viewer list of who could view their data and who can be taken away from viewing that same data. And they can't make any kind of adjustments because they don't control their own account. So controlling and getting access to your social media accounts, even if a marketing agency or some outside third-party source is handling those accounts for you, make sure that you have access to them. If and when something ever terribly you know, goes wrong, then you at least have control over those data points. Otherwise, you're just going to have to start over with fresh new Google Analytics, with fresh new pixels on your site, even sometimes... If you don't have control over those social media accounts, they'll just change the business name and then you still don't have access to your own accounts and you have to start all over again. So that's just a word of caution that if you don't have access to your own data, your own first party data, you need to get access to it. Don't put it on the back burner. Make sure that that gets done ASAP because one day you're going to really thank yourself for taking, taking control of your own accounts, which you should have access to all of your own accounts. And access doesn't necessarily mean control. So make sure that you're the owner of the account and you also have full access to it because that is the way that you're going to be able to see the, 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 the changing of the tide when it comes to the digital marketing era and the, the new era that we find ourselves in. Attention is currency and you have to use what you know about your customers and your product or service and then try to cut through the noise with great marketing. 
I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. If you like what you've heard, consider sharing it with a friend. Podcast discoverability is a little bit of a challenge for creators like myself, so word of mouth goes a long way. You can also check out past episodes of the show by hitting up the learn page on digitaldispatch.io. I also have some free courses on the site that cover content marketing, distribution, and even how to audit your own website. While you're there, you can also check out my socials, the DIY shop, or some of my custom services. But until next time, I'm Blythe Brumleave, and I will see you real soon, and go Jags!